What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you rolling with me and continuing to roll with me on this ride. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much for hopping aboard the pirate ship. March4th.podbean.com, of course, is the host site. You can also check out the podcast on Instagram at March4thPod, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. And with all that said, man, here we are, baby. It's uh, December 26th at the time that this will be hitting your ears. So for those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope you all had a very safe and Merry Christmas. I hope you have a very safe and Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. I think that's the second episode in a row I've done this, and that's because I've been watching Home Alone uh, and Home Alone 2 because I love those. They're Christmas staples. But in all seriousness, I hope that everybody is staying safe and doing well. I hope you and yours are hanging in there. I know this COVID stuff is really scary, man, but uh, we've made it. You know, We've gotten to the end of the year, and uh, and I hope that, that this year for all of you, kind of like for me, it, it gave you time to... You know, be reflective, hopefully be productive. You know, maybe there was some some space you had to do some things creatively that you, you might not have, you know, scratched that itch otherwise just because of, of life rolling along and getting caught up in the day-to-day of everything that we do, right? Work and relationships and, you know, family and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, for me, that's been one silver lining that's come out of 2020, if there is one, and all of the uh, the tumultuous things that have happened um is uh you know picking back up this podcast i i've I've really enjoyed it this is what i i really love to do i love to try to connect with people i love to share stories of people who are chasing their dreams in the hopes that when you listen to these episodes it inspires you to chase your own you know whether they're musicians whether they're artists or just you know regular people who have stories that i think are are cool um, and, and, you know, things that can leave you with a positive mindset after you get done listen, listening to the show and hanging out for, you know, an hour, hour and a half with, with myself and whoever the guest is. So, you know, it's, it's been cool to get back into this and give you guys consistent content, excuse me, consistent content twice a month. That's a tongue twister. Um, and, and I plan on continuing to do that in 2021 and hopefully continue to, uh, to grow this audience and connect with people and uh, share the positive vibes, man. So I really, really genuinely appreciate it, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart for anybody who's listening to this show, from people that know me to people who don't know me, man. It's It's been really cool, and I just want to say thank you to all of the people who took the time you know, to, to talk with me and be part of this podcast in 2020, man. I, I really appreciate all of you. I really love what all of you are doing. Some of you, I know you personally, some of you, we were talking for the first time when we did this show, and uh, it it was great to connect, and let's stay in touch, man. I genuinely appreciate it, and and again, not to sound cheesy, but I really just hope that uh, that this episode leaves you with some positivity and some inspiration to go chase your dreams as the people in this episode are doing, or to conquer your demons, man. So it's a daily grind for myself to battle fears and overcome anxieties and OCD tendencies and irrational fears and just go after the things that I love, man. So, you know, for everybody listening to this out there, I know it's been a tough year, but hey, if you're listening to this, you made it, you're here. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe. And and I hope that this episode inspires you to chase your dreams in 2021 and to carry that positive momentum into the next year, man. And to be good to people, you know, tis the season, right? Give back, you know, however you can give back, 
carry that into the new year too. Whether you can donate money to a cause that's important to you or, you know, donate clothing or, you know, toys to kids who don't have toys and stuff at Christmas or the holiday season, you know, whatever it is, man, time, if you don't have the financial means and a lot of people don't right now, you can always donate your time. Just uh, be cool to people, man. I say it in every episode as a tribute to my grandpa. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. I mean that. I really try to live by that. And so I encourage you all to do that going into 2020, man. And and transitioning into this week's guests in terms of chasing their dreams and being positive and connecting with people. My guest this week is none other than guitarist Mark Rosenfeld of the band Bury the Darkness. You know, one of those things that I did in 2020 – when I brought this show back was get on Instagram. I was real late to the game on Instagram and uh, I wanted to get on there to help, uh, you know, build the audience for the show and, and hopefully connect with people. And one thing that's been really cool about 2020, despite again, all the tough things and, and, and negativity that's happened is I've been able to connect with a lot of, you know, new artists and bands that I wasn't even aware of. And, and I don't know how I would have found them otherwise, you know, had I not gone on Instagram. So it's been really cool. And, and one of those bands that I connected with and one of those people that I connected with was Bury the Darkness and Mark. And, uh, you know, these guys, I really think, you know, um, made the most of the situation that is 2020. They, as you guys will hear during this episode, you know, they're they're new to the scene. Uh, their single, Break Me, came out earlier this year. It now has close to 109,000 streams on Spotify. I think it had over 10,000 within like the first couple weeks of release. Their latest single, Gone But Not Forgotten, featuring Dropout Kings, uh, is also doing well. It came out on December 11th. So as of you guys listening to this episode, it's only been out for, what is that, a little over two weeks. And it's already closing in on, um, you know, over 9,000 9, streams, closing in on 10,000 streams. So you know, this is a band, as you guys will hear in this episode, that's just hustling. They have a great sound. These guys have a connection that goes back to high school where they all studied music and then, you know, kind of got the group back together and brought Mark into the fold. And, and you'll hear his personal story as well, kind of overcoming adversity. And so there's just a lot of positivity to go all the way around. You know, these guys are out of Phoenix, Arizona, um, and, and they're making a lot of noise right now, man. And I, I really dig their sound as a heavy music fan. I'm, I'm really into what they're doing. They got a lot of talent. Uh, they got a lot of drive as you'll hear when you do, uh, when you listen to this episode and you hear from Mark and just to give a shout out to the other guys in the band, they are comprised of Jared Harper on lead vocals, Mark Rosenfeld, as I mentioned, who you're about to listen to after I shut my big yapper. He plays lead guitar. Brandon Brantley plays the bass and John Keeney is on the drums, but you know, these guys, like I said, man, I think they've uh, they've done a great job in 2020 of, of making the most of a, of a tough situation and being able to reach people. And it was a lot of fun to catch up with Mark and, and get to know him and, uh, and get to know more about their story. And one of the positive things about connecting with people on social media, man. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Mark Rosenfeld, lead guitarist of Bury the Darkness. Here it is. Well, Mark, I, I can't thank you enough again, man, for um, for taking the time to do this today, brother. I mean, just all things considered, how how are you guys as far as uh, 2020 is concerned? I know it's been a weird year for everybody, but just with these last couple of weeks into this year, how's everybody in your camp, man? Everybody healthy? Everybody doing good? 
Yeah, man, we're blessed. We are. We're, everyone's been healthy. Um, we haven't had any family members the, to get COVID, so we're beyond blessed. We're happy to be here. We're happy to be making music for everyone. Uh, we just dropped our new single, Gone But Not Forgotten, last uh, last Friday. So it's been a couple days out right now. It's doing great, and we're just happy to all be healthy, all be able to make music, and you know, we can't wait to see everyone soon. Yeah, man. So just as a place to start, so so your lead guitar, and then you have uh, Jared Harper is lead vocalist, and Brandon Brantley is bass, and John Keeney's drums, right? So from from you know reading up about you guys and getting ready for this, I mean, I checked out uh, Break Me, and obviously I listened to to Gone but Not Forgotten since it came out, and um, I, I really dig it, man. I mean, it, it's the, the the recording is really well done. Um, you know, I think from an influence standpoint, obviously, you know, you guys, I think you've even put that on your socials that you guys are like a metalcore band. But, you know, reading up about you guys is just sort of a, a place to start. So you guys met in um, you all met in high school and, and and then kind of reconnected to get to get this going. Yeah. So we all met each other back in high school. Um, I was in orchestra with John. We both played the string bass together and Jared and Brandon were in choir together. And uh we hung out a couple times. They were cool. They liked uh, metal. I was actually playing in a different band back then. But then uh, after high school, you know, everyone went their separate ways. And we all connected a couple years later. And um, they were all jamming, just playing covers and stuff like that. And um, the John reached out to me because they needed another guitar player because Jared was just playing guitar at the time. And uh, we had some lunch at Chiba Hut. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but really good sandwiches. Oh, and okay really good sandwiches and yeah we he asked me to join the band and i was completely down like i actually wasn't playing music for, for a couple years so it was great to get back into it it relit that fire in my soul and uh so this was last november and um we were practicing for about a month and um we already had four songs we uh we had a couple demos written and uh we hit the studio and that's kind of how that all went that's cool, man. So, so you know, for you personally, Mark, like, are you? Are, do you come from like a, a musical household? Like, does does anybody else in your family play, or was it something that that you just kind of were drawn to on your own? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I got a like a couple family members that play, and uh, they've been successful in doing stuff. And it's just been in my blood since uh, I was a kid. And when I was, I think my first inspiration was uh, Blues Clues or something like that back in like when I was three years old, and I just saw him singing and playing guitar. I was like, that's that's what I want to do. And my parents, they have always supported me. They uh, bought me a guitar for my 10th birthday and got me lessons. And I've just been playing ever since. And major influences on me have obviously always been hard rock. Like I was playing Metallica when I was a kid, Iron Maiden, uh, Black Sabbath. And um, I just have always known this is what I wanted to do. And um, I've been playing in bands since high school and everything like that. But nothing got really too serious. And um, blessed to be in the, the opportunity I have in Bury the Darkness right now. And we've uh, met a lot of really great people in the music industry locally, and they've taken our sound to the next level, and it's only going to get better. That's awesome, man. So you mentioned, you know, like the Black Sabbath and Metallica and stuff. So you started playing when you were 10. How, how old are you now, man? I'm 22. I turn 23 next week, so about 13 years. All right. Well, happy early birthday, man. Um, Thank you, man. So, so you've been playing for a little over a decade. So the heavy stuff, what, 
what bit you with the heavy bug, you know, like, cause that's going from blues clues as a kid, right. To, to, you know, Iron Maiden, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge leap. You know what I mean? Like, like when I was a kid, um, and I wouldn't even classify as a, as a novice guitar player, man, I just noodle in my bedroom. I've probably spent more time air guitaring in my life than I've actually been playing the guitar, which is sad to say as a, as a grown man. But all that being said though, like, you know, when I was a kid, I remember like playing, um, you know, I had like a, like a Mickey Mouse, you know, guitar toy thing. Basically it wasn't even like, I don't even know if it would classify as like a real guitar for kids. And, but my dad is, he's like a really handy guy. Like he, he's, you know, built a bathroom from scratch in our house when we were kids and stuff. Like he's one of those mixer, Mr. Fix-It type of dudes. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, our, our family, um, our, in our family room, our living room, he had like, uh, you know, and those speakers I think still exist to this day, but he had like, um, a nice entertainment center kind of set up. And so on the weekends, um, he worked in a warehouse. So, you know, in, in the winters in Ohio, there'd be days where he'd go in and it'd be dark. And by the time you come home, it would be dark. So on the weekends and stuff, like he loved being outside, cutting the grass and all that, but we would jam in the living room, like in terms of the music, like he, he wasn't somebody who played instruments. He had like an acoustic guitar that he, he picks on. It's always out of tune. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I would listen to like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Like, you know, I'm a heavy music fan, but to this day, um, Free Fallen is one of my favorite songs just because I have that memory as a kid. You know what I mean? So so I got kind of the classic rock from him and Eric Clapton and all that stuff. My my uncle was really into the Stones. My mom was much more like the 80s new wave and 80s pop and 80s rock and stuff. So she loved like, you know, the police talking heads all that stuff she kind of got into both of them kind of like the closest they ever got to like my wheelhouse and like my my brother's wheelhouse was probably like my dad had the Alice in Chains unplugged record which to me is like the best unplugged record ever um and she got a little bit into Pearl Jam so that's kind of like my back and then my my oldest brother was into the heavy stuff. So that's how I got into like Metallica and Korn. Cause in the mid nineties, he was a teenager. So that's what he was listening to. And, and still he enjoys those bands still to this day. So, so circling back for my little rant there for you, you know, what was, uh, you know, to be 10 and be playing like Iron Maiden and stuff, which is, you know, obviously that stuff is, you know, you're talking seventies and stuff with Sabbath and then Iron Maiden, the eighties and stuff like were any of your parents interested in that or did you just sort of kind of get into like the heavy realm, you know, from, from your own just taste and interest? Yeah, I, that's a, our parents had a lot of similar music tastes actually. So uh, yeah, they, they, yeah. Me and they introduced me to all the heavy stuff really from a start. And um, I always, you know, I remember being a kid and just riding in the car with my dad and he's playing some red hot chili peppers or he's playing Metallica or he's playing like, even so when I got older, then it got heavier, you know, Slayer, Anthrax, all of that kind of stuff. So it's just been all, you know, influenced me since a young kid and it's always been in my ears. And, you know, as I've gotten older and I've gotten my own music taste and with all the hard rock genres like Asking Alexandria and uh, Avenged Sevenfold and all these bands like my parents and Slipknot, my, they always, they, they dig the music, they love it. So blessed to have some really cool parents who support the dream and listen, like the same music and you know it's they've always been really supportive of me and you know that's I definitely have them to thank for uh, my music taste and everything like that 
That's awesome, man. So you said they, they play or you have other family members who play? They don't play personally. My dad always wanted to play, but uh, he had too fat of fingers. So I, we actually, <laughs> when, uh, when I started taking guitar lessons, um, we both, he was like, oh, I'll, I'll play with you. I'll come to the lessons with you and we'll play this together. And I passed him on Jingle Bells. He couldn't keep up. So, <laughs> but uh, he's always been really supportive. And um, I've just had, you know, I got cousins that play and they're all older than me. So I never had the opportunity to jam with them, but they definitely, uh, they definitely have a major influence on me. Right on, man. So what was the first guitar, and, and do you still have it? Do you still have that first one? Yeah, so uh, my first guitar was a Fender Starcaster, and it's pretty much like the Stratocaster, but like the cheaper version. And I definitely okay. have that, you know, that's where it all started from. And uh, once I progressed from that, my dad actually handed down uh, his Fender Strat. So that's uh, that was my first, like, official real guitar. So I always I lo got love for Fender. I love Strats. But my favorite guitar was, uh, I think, is my Jackson Flying D. It's the uh, Demolition King D, so Phil Demel from Machine Head, his signature guitar. Oh, right on, man. So it's a kick-ass guitar. Got the live EMGs in there. Um, has a Floyd Rose. So it, it just, it fucking shreds, so. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Phil, Phil Demel's an amazing player, dude. Um, Cause now he is. Uh, I know Machine Head had a lineup change a couple of years ago, but um, I'm trying to remember. Did he go back to was it Violence? I, I'm trying to remember who who he he's doing. Like I think there's like a covers project he's in now, really? and I think he might might be back in a band that he was in before Machine Head. But um, but yeah, no, he's he's an he's an amazing player. I think I've heard him talk about too. Cause he has like a like a polka dot one. And I think that's like an homage to Randy Rhodes and stuff. You know, I think he was a huge like Randy Rhodes fan, but uh, no, I freaking love machine head, man. Yeah, man, they're, they're great. Yeah. So, so, you know, I guess kind of fast forwarding then to, to high school. Um, when did you, you said you, you took a break from guitar. So you started at 10, took lessons and then you said you were playing like stand-up bass in orchestra in high school so were, were you still playing guitar throughout those years as well or yeah i played um i played bass i started bass right around the same time and uh i played all, all the way throughout high school i quit i quit playing in a band after high school just due to uh my band broke up and it was a got it was a real personal issue and everything like that and i just I stepped away from it and uh, I was working a couple jobs at the time because I wasn't in college and uh, just kind of, you know, when you're busy and working all day, the dream kind of dies and you forget about it. And I, it, it like, I really know when I joined the band again and it was about three and a half years I took off. So when I joined again, it was just like the fire was relit in my soul. My life had a purpose again. So I know from that, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I don't want to do anything else. I just want to be in the music industry. Yeah, man. So, so, so take, take me through that as far as, um, you know, the bond that you guys, because the band now you guys were, did you, you all went to the same high school? Yeah. You know, we all went to the same high school and, uh, more Brandon, John and Jared were more close of friends. I was more friends with just John, but I'd come around around lunchtime. I'd see them sometimes, but nothing, really anything serious. 
Uh, it didn't really start until about last year, so November 2019, that uh, they asked me to come join the band, and uh, we started practicing every day and writing music, and we just kicked, took off from there. Yeah, man. So what what was that bond like? Like, did you see, you know, I guess I guess then, you know, did you see kind of the foundations for what you guys have now with Bury the Darkness? Like, was there was there a musical chemistry that was there that 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 exists now that was kind of foundational that made it easy to kind of go back to it when they ask you to join? Yeah, we shared music. I remember we were we were like always sharing like, hey, this band just dropped a new album. I remember uh, like hilarious or something like I was asking you know we would share music but I was playing in a different band at the time so I wasn't really too like you know interested in playing with other people at the time I was just focused on my grind and uh after after that ended they were all um they all were out of town and everything like that and uh we didn't really stay connected I talked to John a little bit and uh but that was really it we all kind of went our separate ways for a little bit and uh the universe brought us back together Right on, man. So, so you guys are out of um, was it? Because I saw some like Tempe, some Mesa, but like on on like your Facebook, it's Phoenix. Is that kind of like the central hub for you guys now? Yeah. So Phoenix, Arizona. You know, most people when they think of Arizona, so Mesa and Tempe are just suburbs of Phoenix. So we all grew okay. up in Arizona, and uh, but we live in Tempe, Arizona. But Phoenix, Arizona, we're like right five minutes away from Phoenix. So. Whenever you tell anyone from like I'm from Arizona, most of the time they only know Phoenix. So, oh, okay, yeah. My cousin, I have a cousin who lived. I think she was in Tucson for a little bit, which I believe is that's more towards the bottom, right? Yeah, that's about two hours away from us, right here. From in, in Phoenix. Okay. Right on, man. So, dope city, so yeah, that's. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. I was just gonna. I like Tucson. You know, Tucson's a great town. <laughs> Yeah, so those so those years after high school, so you you guys all like did everybody when when you got away from music. I mean, not to not to get into the to, to the dark days, but at the same time, part you know part of the the meaning and and the thread in terms of the name of this podcast, March Fourth, is just about like perseverance and moving forward. And it sounds like for you, part of that rejuvenation is that time you had away from music after high school. So, if you don't mind, you know, t- take me through. You know, these last couple of years, because you said your 23rd birthday is coming up next week. You'll be 23. Yep, on the 23rd. Okay, so you're coming. Oh, right on. So you're coming up from, uh, you know, basically almost what five years now removed from like your senior year of high school. So was was it a conscious thing for you, Mark, to to kind of step away from music, or was it just kind of what happened based on stuff going on, like life gets busy and you kind of have to put down some of those things that that you enjoy for the sake of maybe you know, I guess a quote unquote practical route or school or work or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it was pretty much like that. I, life happened and stuff got put aside. I, um, I started working senior year. And then, so when the band ended that I was in, I didn't really know any other players. I was already out of high school and it kind of had, I had a little sour taste on my tongue. I was like, you know, when you're in a band, it's a relationship with however many people you're in it. So it definitely hurt and it took a lot out of me. And I, I hate to say it, but I, I gave up at the time. I just focused on working. I, you know, like every 18, 19 year old kid, partying was a major thing for me. And I just got, got distracted and got, you know, got off path. And, but, you know, life works out. I was just pretty much working all the time, hanging out with friends, just, you know, having fun 
not really thinking about my future or, you know, music at all. My music taste kind of, you know, I stopped even listening to metal in that time just because I was like, yeah, you know, it was just remind me of like that breakup. So I was like, you know, it took me some time to heal. And about a year after that, because like I was just like, man, I miss playing shows. Like there's no feeling that you get like then that rush of adrenaline when you step on stage, you look at the crowd and you start playing your music. So I knew I missed it. But it was just kind of one of those things. I was like, ah, uh, I don't really know anyone anymore. I don't really, I don't, I haven't played in so long. I, maybe, I don't know if I'm still good and all that stuff. And then I just started picking my guitar back up, you know, playing in my room sometimes. And, you know, nothing really came from it. And uh, it just kind of left me, you know, with a, like, just wandering. I felt lost, you know. And it didn't, I didn't realize it, how much I missed it and how much it really meant to me until John asked me to come back and play. And I was going through a really tough time at the moment. I like had the, the loss of a family member at that time. So it really, it felt like a rebirth and, you know, giving it all my, giving it all again, because this is really my dream, my passion, and the only thing I can see myself doing in my life. And so I just hit it going 150 miles an hour. And so you guys, uh, it was just last month, right? You guys um, celebrated like being being a band. It was what November twenty third of of twenty nineteen, yeah. right? So, so that was when you guys officially formed Bury the Darkness. So, at that point, was it was it the the summer of twenty nineteen? From I think from what I read, that was when you guys started like jamming, like when they when they asked you to kind of come jam with them and kind of fill that spot. So I know Jared and Brandon and John, they all started jamming again because they are just playing covers. They, they, you know, they love music. So they were just kind of jamming. They wrote like one song together and it just, you know, they, they were missing that. They were missing another guitar player. And uh, that's when John reached out to me out in uh, November. So they were playing cover, like just like jamming, just, you know, messing around for about three months. And once I joined in November, we just hit the ground running and, we were practicing every day. It was we're all in college, so it was right around winter break starting. So we just hit it every single day, practicing, writing new music, and uh, I think four weeks, so one month after I joined the band, uh, we went into a, the studio with our old producer with four demos, and we just uh, worked our way up from there. Oh wow, man! So yeah, it sounds like it. It kind of happened pretty quickly then. Like the energy was just there. It. They literally, I was the missing puzzle piece, but uh, I didn't even know that there was the bigger picture. So it just worked out perfectly. You know, they needed me and I needed them. Yeah, man. So so as far as the the name Bury the Darkness, because I'm always interested in band names because I know it's I know it's hard to come up with one. Oh, and then when you do come up with one, it's like, does somebody else have it? Did they like copyright it? Like what's going on, man? Um, like even even the name of my podcast, I actually – I do it March 4th with Mike Baum and not because I like to like say my name, but because when I looked up names, um, I noticed that somebody had like a trademark on March 4th and it wasn't for podcasting. It was for something else. But I was like, I'm going to just call it March 4th with Mike Baum. And so, you know, I don't get anybody coming after me. <laughs> not that I have a lot for them to take, but um, so so what's what's kind of the meaning behind Bury the Darkness, that band name? And how did you guys kind of settle on that? So um, Brandon actually came up with the name. Uh, I think they were talking. It was before I joined, actually, but 
they I think he came up with something like buried in darkness and like they were like ah it's a little dark you know and everything and then they came up with buried <laughs> And it just worked out perfectly, you know? It's like, bury the darkness to reveal the light. That was like our brand, um, like, emerging out of Tempe, Arizona. That was the first thing we put out. And um, it's just taken off from there. You know, we we have a large music influence. So, you know, we like that really hard, hard and, like, heavy stuff. But we also like that melodic and beautiful music. So it's just a beautiful mixture of, you know, light and dark and, you know, yeah, yeah, no, that's cool, man. I, I think I think that's kind of a, a good way to look at it. Like, um, you know, that's it because it's got like a positive take on it. You know, like you're you're yeah. trying to get rid of whatever that darkness is. So, um, yeah, I think I think the the versus the in is a huge yeah from going from buried in darkness to bury the darkness. It's definitely it's crazy how one or two words make a difference. But but that's cool too because even with like graphics and stuff like BTD kind of rolls off the tongue too. Like you could you could almost do stuff with the logos like that. That's really cool. Yeah, B- BTD. Um, we have one buddy who uh, he always goes by the last letters of it, so it's Y E S. So he likes to call us Yes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so so going back to influences man um you know again like obviously you guys are a metalcore band but even even in the the break me both both the tracks you know gone but not forgotten and and break me i feel like there was definitely a um kind of like an electronic element to it like almost synthy-esque vibes there too you know um and then when i read up that that you guys were all kind of like classically trained i wondered how that played a factor kind of into your sound too so can you kind of kind of elaborate that on that a little bit in terms of like uh you know the influences in your guys's sound but also those elements because i i hate making comparisons because i don't ever i i like to let people's music stand on its own you know and and obviously every band is influenced by somebody right um and and so it's cool to talk about bands but i also don't ever want to come off like oh i think you guys sound like this you know what i mean um because i find out about new bands all the time you know what i mean so so yeah what what are some of those influences and then kind of like uh you know sort of sort of the vibe of those two singles because obviously there's like a metalcore bass but i think that there's there's more going on there too Definitely, yeah. So we love a nice ambient production and, you know, it makes, it fills in so much gaps in, not like gaps, but it just, it fills up the song and it, it really makes it, it makes it what it is, you know, and uh, we love like bands like Bring Me the Horizon and I Prevail. We don't like to like, we like having a very, you know, different style. We don't want to like box ourselves into any one genres. So that's why we really like those bands, you know, on I Prevail. Have you heard the song Gasoline? I don't think I've heard that one from them, no. I'm going to check it out now, though. Yeah, it's so it is in your face, super heavy, screaming at you the whole time. Then the next track right after is Hurricane, which is just a beautiful ambient song. And that really speaks aloud to us because we don't like we go from styles like Asking Alexandria to like Like Moss to Flames to Bring. So we like having it all in there. We like to change it up. We don't want to box ourselves in. And we're fans of a lot of different music. So we're all classically trained. I played in orchestra. John played in orchestra. John, uh, Jared and Brandon both played or sung in choir. And I took, I know I took, I actually met Jared in AP Music Theory junior year of high school. So he's like, we, 
we've met each other when we were analyzing Beethoven's symphonies, you know, like, so it goes way, way back. And, you know, it really, when we met our current producer, Frankie, he took our sounds to the whole next level because we had a couple of demos that we had working with and he saw potential in them. And he took us on and uh, we started working on Break Me together. And he's really just opened up the world to us in the terms of like production. He's amazing at what he does. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and, and Frankie, I didn't want to butcher his last name. So how do you say his last name? It's, uh, Frankie Galoni. Galoni, okay. I was about to say Jaloni, so I'm glad you said Galoni. But so he... So he worked on, did he worked on Gone But Not Forgotten as well? I, he yeah. produced Break Me, right? Yeah, he produced Break Me, and then he's also produced Gone But Not Forgotten. Or Gone But Not Forgotten. Yeah, and, and he and he plays guitar too, right? Is it? I saw he plays guitar in a band called At My Mercy. Yep, yeah, he's the guitarist in At My Mercy, and uh, they are killing it. They're a great band, and uh, yeah, dude, his production. So he's, he's playing guitar in there, and now with all the pandemic and stuff happening, He's kind of started more producing and all of that side of the, you know, from in front of the camera to now kind of more behind the scenes. That's cool, man. You know, and then, you know, and it's it's cool to hear too. Like I'm I'm not that much older than you. I'm I'm 32, but it's um, it's it's really impressive to me, man. When I see, you know, just as a music fan, but especially as somebody who loves heavy music, just where where bands are taking it, you know, um, and the age that people are and the skill level that they have, you know, cause like I said, I'm not just saying that cause you took the time to do this podcast. Like, you know, the, the, the songs you guys have put out are very well done. And I think the proof is in the pudding that, you know, what, uh, break me as of recording this podcast. Um, I think it's got close to 108,000 streams on Spotify. I, I read that within like the first two week, it had like 10,000 streams. So, you know, I think, I think even in a, in a, in a, you know, music industry today where there's a lot out there and you really kind of have to find what you like at the same time i think the cream rises to to the top always you know so uh, i think what you guys are doing is really cool and and i guess just to kind of build off of what you were just talking about as far as the music theory and stuff how how did that kind of give you the foundation for what you're doing now mark i mean how instrumental no pun intended how 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 instrumental was that in you know, just song structure and putting stuff together. Cause like I can read a guitar tab, you know what I mean? Like I can look at the tab and be like, Oh, okay. It's the low E string. It's this, that, but like, I can't read music. So, um, so I guess my point is just that I know that there's really talented musicians out there and, and, and people who are, have a huge influence that, that do can read music and do read music and some people who can't. So as somebody who can, like how, how was like music theory, kind of foundational for you and the band and, and the songs that you're putting out definitely yeah and you know you're not alone a lot of people like don't know like music and everything music theory and all like the notes like that and you know it really to be honest doesn't make too big of a difference because some people like they won't know it they go off of what sounds good and it works for them and some people they know the structure and to be honest it doesn't come in it really helps to know like the keys like you know how to know the relative minors and the majors of songs to stay in key it makes it it's almost like the mathematics of music it breaks down all the magic okay a simple formula to make something great um i remember our uh, music theory teacher you always talk about hotel california and they knew theory really well so that song is just like there's no no brainer that it's going to be a hit and you know music theory like it really helps, but it's not necessary. 
And, you know, it almost goes to the extreme because you know how classes are. You learn what you want and then you got to learn what they make you learn. And I'm <laughs> right. sitting there, um, like, analyzing a Beethoven symphony and seeing how he goes from a major one chord to a minor sixth inverted. And, you know, it's like, cool. Like, but I don't think I'm ever going to be doing this again in my life. But, you know, yeah. it's definitely cool to learn and to see kind of the secrets behind music. And it definitely helps with writing melodies and everything like that. So definitely not necessary, but doesn't hurt at all. So when you were jamming before you came back in the band and, and kind of like you said, just, you know, you know, you, you stepped away from it for a while because it kind of reminded you like the breakup with the other band and didn't have good memories associated with it. But then when you started getting back into it, what what kind of stuff do you practice, man? Like, do you practice any of that kind of music theory stuff or do you just try to like learn songs or kind of play what you hear in your head? So I've always been wanting to play what's in my head. I always grew up like. When I took music lessons, I would, always, I, of course, you know, you learn covers, you learn the, you know, basic theory, scales and all of that, the blues, you know. So it, it definitely helps, you know, learning. I practice my scales. I'll usually do finger techniques, you know, just to try and get faster. And but usually when I when I enjoy playing guitar the most is when I'm sitting down writing my own music. And um, that's always been a thing to me. Like I never when I got to a point in lessons, I was like, you know, I enjoy learning other people's stuff. It's helped me get better, but teach me how to write my own music. Like teach me how to do some stuff. So, cause that's always what I've enjoyed doing and you know, it's paying off right now. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, so when you play, you try to play the stuff that, that like you enjoy playing, but also like, like riffs that you hear in your head. Like if you get, or if you get like a melody or like a chord progression or something, you'll try to figure out what that is. Yeah, so I'll just, you know, I'll pick at it, you know, I just have like logic on my computer, very simple, uh, you know, production just to record myself, but it's really fun just to, you know, lay down some chords and see where your melody can take you and, you know, it's never, never a bad time doing that and just getting creative and playing guitar, you know, bettering yourself. Yeah, yeah. Do you now do you like to experience or <clears throat> excuse me, experiment with like multiple tunings? Because it definitely, it definitely, there's definitely like a heavy tuning on on both of those songs. Are they both in the same tune on guitar, like the same tuning? They're they're close. So break me's in drop G, and uh, gone but not forgotten's in drop A. So a normal standard tuning for a guitar is the top strings in E. So that's about right. five whole steps down. And uh, we use uh, seven strings sometimes, but uh, I've been finding myself liking a really like. I'll take an eight string guitar pack and take use six of the strings just to get the higher gauges. So some of my strings are almost as thick as a bass string, but you know, that's it's just how I like it. Yeah, man. I was going to say when you go, yeah, when you go that low, it starts to get like kind of slinky. I remember when I, when I first started playing, like I love corn and stuff and uh, I didn't have a seven string though. So I had a six string. So I was like, how do I, how do I try to get it that low? You know, um, because I think there's stuff like to try to simulate it, you could do like uh, like standard B tuning and then there's like drop A and that kind of stuff that I was looking at. But I didn't have the string gauges for it. So it was like you'd hit that low E string and it would just wobble, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed the lower tuning and it had kind of sort of sort of like the, the genty vibes. But I, I dug it, man, because I felt like I felt like there was kind of like a, 
definitely a, a percussive type rhythm in in both of those songs you know because every everybody you can kind of hear you know um sort of you know i'm i'm not somebody who's into you know music like i said i can't read music i never learned music theory but i've listened to enough music and just my love in particular for guitar like i can kind of hear like oh that's a harmonic you know that's a pinch harmonic they're doing they're doing a slide there they're doing hammering on or they're pulling off or whatever but like um you know, definitely, I feel like at least with metal, um, that's something that I just love so much. So when I heard your guys' songs, I was like, okay, there seems to be kind of like a like a percussive kind of background to to at least the rhythm, at least to those two tracks. Am I am I off on that? It seems it seems like there's sort of a groove to that. So is like groove metal something that you're interested in too? I haven't. I you know I've checked it out, but never really got too much into it. But you know, okay. I've, as a old former bass player, you know, rhythm is very, very important. And um, okay. our drummer, he was also, he played bass. So that guy has rhythm built into his blood. And, uh, you know, he's a great drummer. And, um, you know, him and Frankie, when we worked together and do this, like made, when we made Break Me and Gone But Not Forgotten, it was a great mixture, both great influence. And, like, they, they made a kick-ass drum beat. I, I still catch myself just doom, doom, doom. You know, it'll get, it gets stuck in yeah. my so that's that's how you know when you've listened to it over a thousand times like it's still good so it hasn't i haven't gotten sick of it yet <laughs> yeah man well so so to take it back a little bit um and mark thanks again for your time man i appreciate it brother well i to be here thanks for having us on man yeah for sure dude um so going back to to frankie you know once once you guys kind of got back together you guys start jamming these songs um how did you, how did you guys link up with him and and what what is he brought to the table in terms of like his production style and and what he's you know trying to bring to the table for you guys as a band and the sound that you're going for yeah definitely so we were working on a couple demos with a, a producer named brian pino um he's a local he's a really big local over here and you know big in the local scene and we were working with him and uh frankie actually uh moved into the studio next door and uh, Beat Creep, or Brian Pino, he also goes by Beat Creep. Um, he actually okay. introduced us to Frankie, and he's like, you know, I really think this guy could take you to the next level because Frankie's worked on, you know, Billboard records before, you know, and he's he has a bunch of the gear, you know, he's very into vintage gear and that sound, and like he just know he's really good at all that what he does. So he uh, he listened to our demos, and uh, it was he was impressed by them, and he took us on. And uh, we've actually become really good friends with Frankie. He's brought our sound to the next level. Um, his girlfriend, Hannah, actually does our lyric videos and all of that stuff, all of our graphic design work. So they're a killer team. They're some of the best people in Arizona. They're great people. They're going to go really, really far. And we're just blessed to be able to work with them and have their influence and, you know, everything with, that they help us with. And was it, was it Ryan? Is it, is it Damison? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Ryan Damonson. So that's one of Frankie's uh, other producer buddies and a uh, really great producer as well. He's worked with a bunch of major bands like The Word Alive, Memphis Mayfire, Asking Alexandria. So he's he'll ma he's mastered both of the songs. And, you know, we're blessed to be able to have these kinds of people who work on the major records and the major bands, you know, have that influence and really help uh, help us grow and do it professionally. Because that's what we are. We're quality over quantity. You know, 
we were really important of like, you know, we want to have a very unique sound and, you know, they're, they're helping us get that. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's, I, I think, I think both of those songs, like you said, I think you guys definitely have your own sound and, and, and I think that's, that's, what's really cool. And, and obviously the, you know, Break Me's taken off. I mean, Gone But Not Forgotten's already got a couple thousand streams, and it's only been out, what, like four days, you know? So it's already on pace, I, I feel like, to to be, you know, another another song that does really well for you guys. So, you know, kind of taking it back, man, like, we're, we're in this pandemic, obviously, and you guys, as we mentioned a little bit ago, you became a band in November of 2019, officially, like, as Bury the Darkness. So before everything hit in march man like did you guys even get a chance to to play any any live shows or what what's it been like just sort of navigating being a new band you know really right right when the the tidal wave of everything hit i mean how how has it been dealing with all of that you know you know the pandemic's been really hard on musicians and i feel like the it's been the hardest on the up-and-coming bands because the major artists will be fine but you know it's 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 been tough but we're making the best out of it you know we had a show planned for for March and that got canceled when the lockdown hit. So it's mm. given us time to work on our music, perfect our set and just get ready for when the shows come back because when they come back and like, which it'll, it'll be some time, but I definitely think they'll be back and I think they'll be stronger than ever because everyone's dying to get out and see live music again. And, you know, it's going to be, we're ready to hit it hard. We're ready to tour. We're ready to play shows. So, that's what we're really striving for. And, you know, it's it's been tough, but we're just trying to make the best of it. I actually work for Live Nation. So when all the shows hit, it's like, shows are my life, man. And when all that hit, you know, I just started focusing on the band full time, doing, learning like new techniques, going to the studio more, um, working on more marketing strategies and management stuff. And, you know, just putting all my time and energy into making this band grow. Yeah, man. You know, I, I think, okay, so so March March was supposed to be the first show for Bury the Darkness and it and it got okay. Um was that was that gonna be locally there in Phoenix? Yeah, we uh we were actually teaming up with uh another like we we're actually kind of <laughs> doing stuff in the rap scene, which is funny because now we're working with Dropout Kings, but um yeah, it was gonna be like we were gonna be a metal band at like a rap show kind of a thing. So it was gonna be interesting. We were gonna do it at this place called like Scarizona Fairgrounds. But um, it's, you know, it just didn't work out. And, you know, it definitely, we're, we're dying to play live. We're dying to be on that stage and seeing fans in front of us, you know. And it's going to be super sweet when all this is over and it's, you know, back to normal. Yeah, yeah. And, and so so take me through that, too. Like, you know, because um, obviously even even as a podcaster, like I'm, I'm in that boat as well as somebody who's um, loves loves what I do. But but there's there's always that element of building your base, right? <clears throat> and I think in your guys' case, you guys have done a really good job with that. And again, the music, I, I've going back to something I said earlier too. I really feel like the cream always rises to the top. So, what was that like for you guys? You know, when when you're like, okay, the pandemic hit, we can't play this show. Was it an immediate pivot to just like? You know, maybe maybe the next step is to get this single out because because from some of the messaging I read, it was basically like, oh, man, we, we can't take like holding on to this anymore. We want to get this out to you guys. And obviously it was a great move because 
you've been able to build your audience in a, in a short period of time without even having a live show. So what was kind of that process like in terms of the mode that you guys went into once the pandemic hit and, and you weren't able to perform live? So there was a lot of different paths to take and it was what we really focused on was let's just make our music the best it can be because we're, we're just dealing with what we're given, you know, and if we can't play live, then we're just going to try and interact with as many people we can on social media. And at the time when the pandemic hit, you know, because it's playing a show live, you know, it's great to interact with fans without having any music out. But if you're a band with no music out on social media, no one's going to give you the two seconds of their day. So we right. really focused on making Break Me the best song it possibly could be. Took us a couple months of dealing with it. So we met Frankie back in like March. So it was, we worked on that song for about three months. Like we grinded on it every day and we got it. And like, you know, a lot of bands with like their pre-release strategy, like we just, we had it like three weeks. We dropped our Gone But Not Forgotten, had our pre-save campaign going for three weeks. But there was no point in doing that with no song out before. So we dropped Break Me almost as soon as we got it back. And uh, the response was amazing. Um, we got put on Spotify's release radar and Discover Weekly within like the first couple of weeks of it dropping. So we just hit ads, you know, we, um, you know, we promoted our, our asses off, you know, and we were all over the world and it got blasted on uh, release radar and Discover Weekly and spot all those spotify algorithm playlists and uh it just took it off man it blew the song up and we're extremely grateful for that and uh it's done well enough now that we got to uh work with dropout kings on this new song and we're just we're stoked about it man like break me changed our lives and we're we're always grateful for that yeah and it's cool and it sounds like you know like you said it didn't it didn't happen by accident i mean obviously you guys have the talent and the ability but um so there there was like a strategy behind it, like of like, let's boost these posts or let's target like because because I know like once from from what I understand from from just a buddy of mine who who was putting putting up some some singles on Spotify, I think like was it last year? Maybe maybe it was 2019. Actually, um, he was talking about that. And I was like, I was like, dude, I didn't even like I, I felt like such a noob. And I and I worked in marketing for about a year, um, several years back uh, at an advertising agency. And at that time, that was when Facebook had just gone to like advertising and stuff. So it was kind of cool to see the back end of it and be like, wow, I didn't realize I could get this targeted with posts because we would do marketing for these companies. And um, but yeah, so when he was telling me about Spotify and trying to get on playlists and stuff and get get his song out there, I was like, like, it was like was like a whole new world like i had no idea any of that was even part of it so what what was that process like in terms of strategy like in, in trying to i guess just target it to the right people you know instead of just putting it out in the ether so to speak yeah it's definitely you know it there's a strategy to it and it is probably in my personal opinion one of the biggest things a band can do right now since we can't get and we can't tour to these different cities and, and get tap into these different markets social media marketing has provided like the greatest thing possible for us you know it's you have to you know realize you know you're, you have to find your target markets your interests and everything like that but with the power you can reach the entire world from your your, your smartphone and so that's my major i love marketing so that's like i just been watching a bunch of music marketing videos learning you know sucking up all the information i can and using that all for the band 
and um, it's really taken off. And we had zero streams. Like we were a brand new band when we dropped Break Me, and uh, we hit a hundred thousand in under six months, just strictly off of that from uh, release rate. Like it just took those ads enough. You making enough of a splash to get on the uh, algorithm playlists. Yeah, and so are you running those? Were you were you guys running them across? Um, and I and I know I know I didn't I didn't say anything about get getting into the business aspect of it, but just since since we're on the subject, I do I I am genuinely fascinated by it. Like I said, even as like a podcaster, you know. Um, so were were you guys running ads like on like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like all your socials? Like were you running ads like within Spotify? I mean, how how did that? Were you just basically just kind of testing different different streams and seeing which ones would 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 pop, and then you kind of optimize the campaign to the ones that are doing well? Yeah, so I was just watching a bunch of music marketing videos and just learning a bunch of different techniques. And at the time when we ran it, you know, I've known you know the markets like you know the United States isn't the biggest metal market. It's massive in Europe. Australians love it. It's massive in Brazil. You know. So there's a bunch of different markets around the world and we just kind of like tested the waters, see what areas fucked with us and everything like that. And uh, yeah, out for the best. And actually like Ukraine is one of our biggest markets. They love us over there. And that's um, awesome. And everything like that in the United States, Canada, you know, so we're worldwide and all off of, you know, social media ads and just marketing techniques. And that's really, you know, what labels, you know, because we're all independent and that's what a label would do is, you know, that's they're trying to get you in front of as many eyes as possible. But when you're independent and you're as, at full control of, you know, your your stuff, it's, you know, you have the power to really get to wherever you want to be. So any band, you know, if we did it, anyone can do it. So. Yeah, that's cool, man. And I think I think that's a cool part of it, because, um, you know, again, like like you said, there's there's a lot of eyeballs out there. And I feel like people's attention spans are like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we see something and, you know, you know, like even on Instagram, like um, I was kind of behind the eight ball because I started my podcast. It used to be called Bauman's Breakdown back in the day, uh, which was a name that I had kept from like a column I used to write in high school. And eventually I was like, ah, when I get back into this, I think I probably maybe need to just change it and make it a little bit more direct. But um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know. I'm learning more about like um, connecting through socials and stuff. I mean, because even even like you guys, like that's how I heard about you guys was through like I think it might have been Twitter first. I saw you guys. I think I saw that you followed me. Um, but other bands that I've had on the show this year too, I've I've discovered them through Instagram. You know, and so it's um, it's crazy the power of social media. There's obviously a lot of negativity to it but there's also a lot of a lot of positivity to it too man and so that's that's kind of what even even made this happen with social media and 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 again as somebody who's always looking for new music um that's what's really cool about it but yeah i'm fascinated by the marketing part of it because as i'm getting into this the more i'm learning like oh man i should have been on instagram with my podcast a long time ago trying to reach out to people you know what i mean and so and for me it's like you know um I try to find that balance, especially, you know, because I, I used to write about music for a local paper back home, and then I kind of started my podcast out of that. But, you know, I'm not, I don't have like Joe Rogan numbers, you know, and since I'm relatively new to Instagram, sometimes you wonder like, oh, if somebody goes to my Instagram page and they only see like, you know, 70 followers or whatever, they're going to be like, well, who is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, 
it's so I'm, I'm trying to meander through that whole process that you're talking about of like target audiences and um you know beyond just seeing the number of downloads to the show like okay where are they coming from and you know who exactly from a demographic standpoint is listening to the show and so it's it is it's fascinating but it's also like trying to find your footing with all of it too like what's the best channel what's the best way to reach out to people you know how do i you know how do i kind of talk about what i've done so that people will maybe give me a shot even though i don't have like the same kind of audience as some of the the bigger you know music podcasts you know what i mean so yeah it's it's all fascinating to me man definitely man i saw like i was reading up about you like you've done some cool stuff you wrote for like kill switch and gauge and bunch of big bands and it's really cool that you give local spotlight like i saw discrepancies was on a couple weeks ago and stuff like that so it's really cool man we're, we're really happy that you reached out to us and we're glad that you're digging the tracks and you know it's it's a it's a time game you know you know where are we going to be next year because i definitely you know you're a great podcaster you're a great so i definitely see some a bright future for you man oh i appreciate that dude i really appreciate that and yeah i mean i um I, I've I've been fortunate to be able to to write stories in the past, you know, about like Kill Switch Engage and you know Seven Dust and you know some some of those you know Corn some of those some of those big bands. But one of my best friends is in a local band called Tropic Bombs, and I have another, you know, I I have other friends in the local music scene where I'm from in Toledo, Ohio, uh, which actually has a, a pretty cool an interesting music history, you know, with, with bands like the Black Keys and the White Stripes, because Toledo is, Detroit's basically like the attic with Toledo, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's about an hour south of Detroit, right on the border of Ohio and Michigan. So a lot of bands, you know, when they tour, they'll play Toledo, like on their way to Detroit or Cleveland, you know, cause it's kind of in the middle of all these major cities. So yeah, back in the day, you had bands like the White Stripes that would play at Frankie's Inner City, and that was even before I was going to shows because they they were breaking in like the late '90s, early 2000s when they really started to break, and then by the mid 2000s they were everywhere. You know, the White Stripes, but yeah, they used to play at like Frankie's Inner City in Toledo, which is just a cool, cool little venue. Um, but you know, I guess my point is just yeah, I've I've got buddies and bands that are local bands, and I think sometimes people make this misconception that if well, if they're a local band, maybe they're not any good. And it's like, no, man, like, you know, the buddies that I have and, in, 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 you know, like my buddy in Tropic Bombs, my buddy Ryan Waiten, he went to school for production. Um, he plays the drums. He sings. They're amazing musicians, but they all have lives. Um, he's married now. Uh, one, you know, one of the other guys in the band has kids. And so, you know, there are some bands that are like, hey, man, like the touring national thing maybe just isn't the path we want to take. But so I just I have just as much respect, Mark, for for local bands as I do national bands. Like I I I'm as excited to talk to you truthfully as I would be if I were talking to somebody from Kill Switch right now or somebody from Corn or whoever, because to me you, you know it's it's not about the eyeballs and it's not about, you know, the number of record souls and all that. You know, like one, everybody starts somewhere, and two, everybody has a different path, right? So it's like, I mean, you can hear the like the passion in my voice. Like, I just, I love music, so I, I, I don't look at it like, well, this band's here and this band's here. You know, taste is a preference, but there's a lot of really talented musicians that I know who, you know, like I said, just because of the paths they want to take in life and having families and stuff, the the whole national touring thing either wasn't in the cards or just wasn't a path they wanted to pursue, but they're still really great bands. Like you like heavy music, check out, um, 
check out once over you know i have some friends um that's another local band in toledo and and now they have a newer group um in the last couple of years some of the guys from once over and are, are in a band called star sleeper that i think would probably up, be up your alley from uh, toledo and i can email this to yeah. you too but yeah, but yeah dude, so i i get just as geeked out about doing the local stuff as i do the national stuff man i love all of it well definitely man we appreciate you and like you know that's Touring is a that's that's my dream and uh, you know it's it's very difficult though like you got to be you're on the road constantly and with if you got kids and everything it's hard so a lot of bands like that's actually like that was the main thing about like my first band or that was back in high school and stuff is I want I wanted to hit the road and everything like that and they're like nah let's just play some local bar shows and everything like that so it's yeah you know it's not in everyone and it's it's extremely hard to live on the road for months at a time and but you know that's the local scene and that's why local venues and i really hope they get the support needed to survive during this time because they're just as important to the scene as a bigger venue you know where the national acts everyone has to have their place and their stage to play music you know yeah one everyone deserves that and you know a lot of the time like the national acts coming through it's really cool when like some local bands get to jump on and open for those shows or something like that to get, you know, and that's one of the great things even about social media now, because, you know, it's just about how many eyes can get on you. If you have quality music and you, you know, you give a shit about your career, like, you know, about your music, right. people will like you, you know, you know, people will enjoy, you know, you know, maybe not everyone, but people will dig it. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really cool. And, and again, I think um, that's, that's one thing, like I, I was kind of like, more reclusive and i'm like well i can't i can't get out there if i'm reclusive so finally from talking to some people and stuff and like my girlfriend's on instagram and she's into like vintage jewelry and stuff and she's like mike she's like people sell stuff on instagram and like the old man in me i'm like what people sell stuff on it you know (laughs) so yeah it's it's been really cool these last couple of months getting back into the podcast um to be able to to get in touch with bands like you guys man so i really i really appreciate it um well, Mark, before I let you go, man, um, I want to ask you a few more things if it's cool uh, while I got you. And thanks again so much for the time, dude. This has been really fun talking to you. I'm having a blast right now, man. Let's go. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, so on the um, Gone But Not Forgotten, which just came out on December 11th. So as of recording this, um, you know, it's December 15th. And this this will be coming out on the 26th, on Saturday the 26th is when this will, when this will drop. So I'll send you everything. But, um, but yeah, as of recording this, you guys are four days into gone, but not forgotten coming out. Uh, you mentioned dropout Kings. They're another band that I've, I've been in touch with through Instagram, uh, listened to their first record. I think it was called audio dope, uh, was, was really good. And I feel like those guys are, you know, really, I, I think the boundaries that they are, are, um, really like i mean they're not even on the edge of it like they're they're like crushing the boundaries in terms of like the trap music mixing it with metal um i I just think what they're doing is really cool what was it like to link up with those guys with your sound and get them on get them on this track especially being you know arizona bands you know and being phoenix bands it's it was amazing um honestly it started like our producer was actually working with them on some stuff and uh he showed them gone but not forgotten and they were digging it and they're like, dude, like we'd be down to get on this. And like, you know, we're fans of Dropout Kings. I, my buddy showed me Glitch Gang a couple like, you know, last year when they were like, I think back in like March, well, I think they dropped it in like around March. And 
I was like, holy shit, like, they're from Arizona? <laughs> and then, like, you know, they're, in my mind, one of the biggest bands in AZ right now. And so just to be able to work with them, like, Adam and Eddie, they are amazing. You know, Adam is one of the best marketers I've met. He has a whole marketing company he started called Push Digital Marketing. And uh, he's really helping out a lot of musicians. He's doing it. They, they care about the scene. They want the scene to grow, you know. They realize there's a bunch of assholes in this game, and you know it, it's really refreshing to see a you know someone trying to help. And they're they're great. Eddie's one of the most creative people I've person or the most creative person I've ever met. That guy can just spit bars off the top of his head, and it's absolutely amazing. So it's been great, man. They're great people. They're great musicians. They're they're all around. Like they're gonna be they're gonna go really far in this industry. So. Is great to be able to collab with them and to make a banger with them, and I want to do it again soon. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I uh, like I said. I mean, it was cool that part in the track where that comes up. Um, you know, I think I think the verses that he has on there were were like you said, they were just fire. And and everything that I've listened to from him, like it's just, I, I think he could rap with anybody uh, for sure. And and. And also with them, you know, with Adam's voice too, like he he can really vacillate between like melodies and like those really guttural screams, you know. Um, yeah. And even you know, kind of like I, I think they had that song "Virus," you know, which has that has that Lincoln Park vibe, you know. And and I think their band kind of was birthed from what I read about them out of Adam kind of wanting to pair, you know, the sort of that Lincoln Park, you know, vibe with like rap, you know what I mean? And so I think. And then I think the heaviness and what you hear with them, dude, it's it's crazy. So, you know, lyrically behind that song, um, you know, you know, obviously to me, it's it's kind of about loss. Um, can you touch on that a little bit with Gone But Not Forgotten? Because Break Me seemed more like, hey, you know, I'm not going to let anybody stop me. I'm not going to let anybody take me down. This one almost seemed like more of a tribute type of song. Definitely. Yeah. So Gone But Not Forgotten is a it's a testament to losing someone you love and falling out of touch with reality. And everyone has, you know, gone through that and or will go through that. And so it meant a lot to us, especially like I lost my uh, I lost my grandpa last November. And, you know, I've had a, like in my first band. I had the other one of the guitarists commit suicide and stuff. So it's always something on my mind. And, um, you know, how many great people we lose so young. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, emotionally charged lyrics, powerful vocals, an ambient production, and hard-hitting melodic riffs. That's Bury the Darkness. That's what we're striving for. And, you know, the lyrics are, you know, that's personally, you know, obviously when I listen to a song, I, I listen to the guitar and the instrumentals, but the lyrics are really what make it for me. And, you know, that's something that's really important in our sound is making a song that's like, you know, it has a story to it because, and that's personally, that's the kind of music I want to listen to. And that's the music we want to put out into this world. And it's great to be able to link up with Dropout Kings because they have amazing songs, you know, Virus, as you're saying, that is like, you know, one of my favorite songs by them. And it just, it really hits hard. And it's wild that that came out right in the midst of a pandemic of a virus. Yeah. That was yeah. good on their part. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, it's, you know, Gone But Not Forgotten, it, it, it hits hard. It's fierce. It's sad. But it's what you got to listen. You need it sometimes, you know. It's, you got to have something It's like that puts you, you know, kind of kicks you in your ass. It's like, you know, you're gone but not forgotten. You know, you'll always be remembered. 
Yeah, man. And, and I, you know, I'm sorry for the losses that you've experienced. Uh, my, my grandpa's been gone for a little over nine years now. He, I, I lost him when I was, when I was 23 years old, you know, what you're about to be. And we were super tight. Like he's like, no, no lie right now. This not even to be cheesy. I mean, this is an audio podcast, so I'll explain this to the listeners, but literally when I do stuff like this, man, I keep, I keep a picture of him. I'm not even, I'm not even messing with you right now. Yeah. I keep a picture of my grandpa because like, I just, anytime I'm stressed or I'm going through something or even something like this, that, um, that I'm excited about doing, like, I always just keep him around because of like the vibes I wear his necklace every day. So, so yeah, man, I, I, I'm sorry to hear about your losses and stuff, but it's cool that you've, um, that you're, you know, you're paying respect to those people through your music, man. That's really cool. That's, that's the most I feel like any of us can do is try to turn a negative into a positive. And I, and I battle with it all, every day, man, you know, so. Definitely, man. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like, a. You know, it's it's tough, but, you know, you got to make it's a I can't think of the word right now, but a tribute, you know, like I it's pretty and this may just be a coincidence, but I try to think of it as a little more like so I pretty much told like my family, like I'm playing in a band again, which was like right around like the time he was like November 17th that he passed away and uh, 2019 one year to on that day is when break me hit 100,000 streams. Like on that day, the day before it was like 16 streams away from hitting it. It was so close. And I was like, of course, it's going to hit on that one year anniversary. So it meant a lot to me. You know, I played him the new song when I went and visited him that day. And like, it's just it means a lot to me. I feel like, you know, I got a you know little guardian angel up in heaven looking down on me and giving me strength to power through because it's not easy every day. And, you know, especially in this industry with, uh, you know, putting your heart on your sleeve and people to listen to your art. And it just means the world to me that we've gotten such a positive response and that people like the music and, you know, we we're giving it our all. So it really means the world to us. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. And thank you for sharing that with me, man. Well, well, before I let you go, Mark, and thank you again so much for the time and let's definitely keep in touch, brother. Um, you know, 2021, obviously, I think a lot of people are just ready to get to that point, you know what I mean, and, and wrap up this year on a high note with, you know, kind of, you know, a safe and happy holiday season. But, uh, you know, for you guys with these two songs out there now, what obviously, you know, if 2020 taught us anything, right, it's like, you know, best laid plans, like you can, you know, best made plans, you can you can plan for stuff and then who knows what's going to happen. And I don't think anybody anticipated what happened last year. But that being said, you know, kind of what can you tell me about what's next in store for, for Bury the Darkness and, and kind of tentatively what you guys have in the works for, for 2021? Definitely, man. Um, we have a lot of music in the vault, a lot. So we're just, you know, we're taking our time. We were in, we're writing a, well, we're making a cover song right now and it's actually going to be an EDM mix with metal. So it's going to be really interesting. It's just some more genre bending that we want to do. And I think it's going to sound really good. People are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. But I think they're going to love it. It's going to be really sick. And then we're working on our EP. Um, you know, we have a lot of songs. But, you know, as a, as a young band, it's, you know, it's all about attention spans, as you were talking about earlier. It's a lot easier to get someone's attention for three and a half minutes than it is for about 30 minutes for an EP. So, you know, we're working on that. It may, definitely some more singles are going to be coming in 2021. We definitely, if if the you know if the state allows it and coronavirus gets better, then we're playing shows. We definitely want to hit the road if we have that opportunity. 
So that's pretty much, man. We're going to be grinding just as hard or even harder in 2021, trying to reach as many new eyes as possible while keeping our old fan base. And we just want to keep making kick-ass music and keep interacting with all of our great fans. And uh, we hope to see them one day soon. That's awesome, dude. Well, a couple couple more questions. Uh, questions I want to ask you before I let you go a couple of uh, I like to say they're quick hitters but as I ask these questions now to different people I realize <laughs> I realize that they're that they're not easy and then when I kind of turn the, the the mirror on myself I'm like oh yeah those are those it's kind of hard to figure those out but they're fun nonetheless so okay. uh, not that the rest of this hasn't been fun because it's been yeah. awesome man but yeah. uh, so for you what are what are some riffs as a guitar player? What are some riffs that like if you heard them right now if we played them during this podcast they would still give you the chills like the same way the first time you heard it? Mm. First thing that came to mind was Crazy Train by uh, Ozzy Osbourne. That was like okay. like my first song, like back when I was learning to play, I learned that solo, I learned the whole song, and it just always did something. I loved that song. And when I heard the solo for the first time, like it put an image of my head playing that solo in front of a show. Just, you know, it's, it's always yeah. for me. So Crazy Train is definitely one of them. And um, I'd say another one is um, One by Metallica. So I love, that's like another classic for me. Um, when I started learning guitar, um, it was like right on my birthday, like I asked my guitar teacher to teach me. He's like, ah, I don't think you're ready for that yet. So I went and bought the tab book and taught it myself. <laughs> so I was like, I'm learning this song. I don't care if I have to sit here all night. <laughs> and so I tried, you know, I tried. That's all just leave it like there, but over time, that's like one of my favorite songs. I can still pick up a guitar and play it like I, you know, no time has gone by. So those are probably two that like come to mind right away. If you if you had to take five records, they don't have to be what what you think are like the five best records of all time. But just if there's five records that mean a lot to you that you could put in a time capsule, say for people 2000 years from now to listen to uh what what would those five albums be for you that you would you would put in a time capsule for people that's hard you know these time people these people in the future are going to get some real bangers but uh <laughs> one that pops up to my head is like city morgue city morgue is like one of my favorite groups right now coming out of new york and um their music just kicks ass like so i would definitely throw um I really like their last EP, Toxic Boogaloo, but I would probably throw their debut, Hell or High Water, Volume 1. I'd throw that in there for sure. Then, hmm, number two, definitely Slipknot. Slipknot broke all boundaries of metal back in 99. And my favorite album from them, it was in 2015, the name I'm blanking for right now. But it had, like, The Devil and I, um, Circus bunch of songs out there i can't believe i'm blanking this right now but we're gonna throw that album in there obviously oh the the gray chapter yes the gray chapter it was uh yeah it's 2015 so but they the future people need slipknot in the future for sure so that um i would honestly throw glitch gang ep in there dude dropout kings fucking went really hard like if, if you haven't checked out glitch gang ep anyone listening thank me later do that right now um one of the best EPs of 2020, in my opinion. Um, let's see, number four now. Oof, let's say there's so much flowing through my head. Um, obviously, we need some classics in there, so I'll throw "Injustice for All" by Metallica in there because there's just some bangers in there. As I was talking about one earlier, 
So we'll throw that in there, you know. That's like 80s Metallica, beautiful. So see, number five, you know, let's throw some Anthrax in there too. Why not? Like they created thrash metal. So their last album back in like 2015, For All Kings, like that was, an, I love that record. So we'll throw that in there too. That's awesome, man. Yeah, Injustice for All is is one of my one of my favorite albums of all time. I just I just feel like front to back, I feel like that was I feel like that was a record where Metallica was like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna show everybody kind of like what what we really can do. You know what I mean? Because um, obviously leading up to that, I mean, they had Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, which I think Master of Puppets is probably a lot of people's favorite Metallica record, and I love that one too. But I feel like after Cliff Burton died, um, I feel like Injustice for All was kind of like a, a way to kick people in the teeth and let them know that they weren't going anywhere. I mean, just there's so many great riffs on that. And even even the ones like like you mentioned, one, you know, obviously the title track, Injustice for All, but like Shortest Straw, Freight Ends of Sanity, you know, um, Eye of the Beholder. There, there's just so many great riffs on that record. It's just such an awesome album. And, and the tribute that they did to to Cliff Burton, to live is uh, to live is to die, which was mostly basically like an instrumental track. I think is some of the most like beautiful heavy guitar work ever. It's just it's just an awesome, awesome piece of work. But yeah, that's that's a cool that's a cool group to put in there, man. Definitely. Um, well, the last thing I'll ask you, Mark, and thanks again for taking the time, dude. Is um, and I know this one is kind of. Uh, I had one person before who didn't who didn't want to answer this because they didn't want to like leave anybody out, which I actually thought was cool because I was thinking about it today too, and I'm like, I know there's so many musicians that I like, but let's just say alive or dead, you could take you know since we're talking rock and metal, you could take five musicians: a singer, two guitarists, a drummer, and a bassist. Um, if you you know opened up Instagram after this this interview and and saw that this was going to be like a super group and they were going to come out with a record, who who would be the five in your super group? Do they have to be alive or dead? Or like, does it matter? Doesn't matter. No, Doesn't no. Matter. We're living in a fantasy fantasy land <laughs> right now. We might be in a parallel universe anyway with this virus. Who knows? Yeah, man. Who knows? Like the Stranger Things, we're in the upside down right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say some of my favorite. Like, if I had to choose a couple guitarists, Jimi Hendrix would be one of them for sure. So Jimmy has that psychedelic rock that, you know, the world needed and still needs. And it's one of my favorite guitarists of all time. Also, so I'll probably do a little uh, Dimebag Daryl, too, just because I fucking love Pantera. And he was a legend. And that story, just it chokes me up still, you know, dying, on getting shot on stage. So would definitely love to be in a band with him. Bass player, um, whew. Oh man, bassist. A lot of bassists just don't come to mind. Bassism. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Um, hmm. Probably choose some kick ass bass players. This is hard. Um, yeah, like I said, I was thinking about this earlier too, and it wasn't easy when I turned the tables on myself. I'm like, what five people would I choose? Ah, let's see. Um, let's go with um, Nikki Six, Molly Crew. <laughs> right a, on, man. That guy, 
Fucking Motley Crue is a legend and one of the craziest. I love the movie The Dirt. I love their music. I'm really glad that The Dirt kind of brought them back into like mainstream kind of eye because Motley Crue is just one of the craziest rock and roll stories of ever, ever of all time. So we'll do Nikki Six on the bass, um, Jimmy on guitar, Phil uh, Dimebag on guitar, um, lead singer. Um, hmm. See, I love like a good scream, but I gotta have like that that beautiful melody though too. I like I like singing and screaming equally. So, hmm, favorite vocalist. Um, man, this is hard. <laughs> Let's say um, hmm. We'll have Jimmy doing both because his guitar and uh, his vocal <laughs> some of the best. And if I had to choose for drums. Man, um, honestly, Charlie from Anthrax kicks ass. Like, that guy fucking can just go in. So I'm a massive Anthrax fan, so that's who I think I'll do. Charlie on guitar, uh, Charlie on drums. We'll do Dimebag on guitar, Jimmy on vocals and guitar, and Nikki Six on bass. Super group. And obviously, I'll, I'll join in on guitar there, too, you know? But we'll probably let them take the most of it. <laughs> No, that's awesome, man. No, that's that's a cool. That's a that's an eclectic mix, dude. Um, yeah, I think earlier when I when I thought about it, I was like, all right, who who would mine be? I I, I think I settled on, um, and I think I even forgot about like because uh, I always do that with people like alive or dead, and then somebody joked with me and was like, well, I would hope I I want them all to be alive. I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I settled on, uh, you know, because I, I, you know, I love everything from, like I said, just classic rock to like 80s, you know, pop and rock and then synth wave. But metal is like my favorite. So I was like, well, I'm going to put Morgan Rose from Seven Dust on the drums. I've always loved his his work in Seven Dust. Um, I said I'd put Wolfgang Van Halen on the bass. Uh, because they have that connection. And I loved his work on on some of the Tremonti stuff like he. His his melodies and his vocals are great too, um, and he can play anything. Um, and he played bass in Tremonti for a little bit, so I was like, I'll put him on bass. I'll have Mark Tremonti as one guitarist. Uh, I'll have Brian Headwelch from Corn as my other guitarist because I think it'd be cool to have a seven string kind of low end in there with the six string. Because um, I've always loved how Deftones, how Chino, and uh, Stefan Carpenter do that in Deftones, where they're they're, they're playing different guitars. And then for singer, that was that was one of the hardest parts. Um, but I settled I, I settled on Corey Taylor because kind of like what you were saying, I was like, you know, I, I want somebody that that can do like the crooner thing, but I also want somebody who can do heavy heavy stuff and loves the heavy stuff too. So I thought from a sensibility standpoint, I've got five guys who all love metal and they all love music in general, and they all can sing. Like all of those guys can sing. Morgan sings. If you haven't checked out Controlled Chaos, the new EP that he put out, that is really good. Um, Seven Dust is one of my favorite bands ever, uh, but but at the same time, like uh, he he's a good vocalist too. So so yeah, when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I got I got all five people who can sing. I got some melodies in there. I've got some you know two different guitar players that like doing their thing. But uh, so yeah, no, that's that's a cool five, man. That's a really good. That's an eclectic mix of musicians. Definitely, man. I should. Maybe uh, once Corey Taylor's done with your group, have him come over to mine too, actually. 
Corey Taylor's, a, you know, he's amazing. I love Slipknot, so that's a great group of musicians too. I'm gonna have to check out Seven Dust. I, I don't rec- I don't think I've heard any of their music, so to check them out. Oh man, yeah, uh, John John Connolly and uh, Clint Lowry are um, two two of my favorite guitarists ever. And like I said, I love all music, but just because I've always been fascinated by the guitar since I was a kid and riffs and the synergy that those guys have. It's a very um, that band it's it's cool man there's there's groove metal elements there's hard rock elements there's there's a lot of melody there's a lot of harmony um john and clint have both done their own uh solo projects and projects outside of the band they both sing very well lj their singer is amazing lj's got a great voice and then like i said morgan rose the drummer is an incredible drummer but um yeah, their their whole catalog is really good, but if if you want to check out one record to kind of get an idea of sort of like the gamut of what they do, Animosity is a great record from them. Um, I think it kind of captures their their vibe as a band. Uh, they just came out their thirteenth album in October called Blood and Stone, but um, oh, yeah, but yeah cool. man, I think you would I think you would like Seven Dust with some of the stuff that you told me you've liked. They're they're a pretty foundational band for a lot of a lot of the bands that exist today. There's a lot of people I think who have kind of kind of taken elements from their sound. So I, I think you dig them. But if you if you wanted to check out just a record right off the bat, Animosity is I think a pretty good one to start with. You know uh, they've got a great catalog, but that one's kind of the full gamut of their sound. So fuck yeah! Well, you just gave me some plans for this tonight, so I'm gonna check out some. <laughs> I think you'll dig it, man. Well, Mark, this has been a lot of fun. I'll um I'll put up the links on the uh, the description for the podcast when it drops on the twenty sixth, obviously. So as people listen to this, they can just look at the podcast description for for all the links for Bury the Darkness. But um, you know, let the people know uh, you know, where they can find you guys and um and you know what you got going on right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I appreciate you having us on, Mike, and uh, let's definitely do this again. So. We're on Instagram at, at Barry the Darkness. We're on Twitter at Barry Darkness. Uh, Facebook, Barry the Darkness. But uh, find us on Spotify. Find us on Instagram. You know, that's where we're most active on Instagram, but we try to be on everything. But definitely reach out to us. You know, we're always down to DM you back to talk to you. And we appreciate all the support we've been getting. And, you know, we're, we make music for you guys. So we appreciate you uh, giving a fuck about us. For sure. Well, Mark, uh, it's been great catching up with you, man. Let's definitely stay in touch. You know, best wishes to you guys. Uh, I love what you're doing. Keep doing your thing. It's uh, it's motivational for me as well, man. And I hope uh, as far as the rest of 2020 goes, man, that that you guys all have a safe and happy, you know, rest of the holiday season with Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, you know, best wishes into 2021, dude. Let's definitely keep in touch. This has been fun. Definitely, man. Thank you so much for having us on. I hope you uh, you and your family have a great and safe happy, uh, holiday season as well. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Take care. We'll keep in touch. Oh, yeah. Have a great night, Mike. All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with Mark Rosenfeld, lead guitarist of Bury the Darkness out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mark, thank you so much for the time, man. It was great to connect with you, learn more about your story, learn more about the band. I love what you guys are doing. Definitely keep in touch, brother. For all of you, thank you for listening to that episode. Make sure you go check out Bury the Darkness. They're at Bury the Darkness on Instagram, 
at Barry Darkness on Twitter. Mark is at Mark Rosenfeld with two D's on Twitter. So I'll make sure I put up all the links to their stuff. And obviously their music is on Spotify. Again, man, you know, for, for a band that's, uh, you know, in 2020, it's, it, it's, it's been so tough for everybody this year, man. But, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning of this thing, these guys have really made the most of the time that they've had. They're, they're putting in the work. And they got a killer sound, man. Like you can, you can hear the the talent. You can hear the synergy with these dudes. And uh, you know, just shout out to Arizona in general right now with Dropout Kings and Bury the Darkness. I mean, they're making a lot of noise, and uh, and rightfully so with what they're doing, man. So, Mark, again, thank you so much for the time, brother. I really appreciate it. And thank you again to all of you, man. You know, this is it's crazy to say that this is the last show of the year. But, uh, you know, I, and I know I said it at the top, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I, I'm really, really appreciative for everybody who checks out an episode of this podcast. And, uh, if you've told a friend, if you've liked or subscribed, if you've left a review, I, I, I'm, I'm super grateful, man. Like I said, I love to do this. I think you can hear the passion in my voice. You can hear it when I, when I talk to the guests that come on the show, it really is a privilege, man. And it's, and it's, uh, it's humbling to, to, you know, have people like Mark be so appreciative as well. You know, super talented dude, super down to earth, nice guy. And I, I can't wait to see what those guys do in 2021, man. And, and again, I want to give a shout out to the rest of the guys in Bury the Darkness. Jared Harper, lead vocalist, Brandon Brantley on bass, John Keeney on the drums, Arizona, Phoenix, when shows can come back and bands can play live again, make sure you go check those guys out. And again, I'm going to say it to all of y'all out there, especially if you're into heavy music, make sure you check out Bury the Darkness. I will put up all the links to their stuff in the podcast description. And speaking of this podcast, I am going to switch things up in the new year in 2021. Instead of dropping episodes on Saturdays, I will be dropping episodes on Tuesdays. And I'm going to do them twice a month to start. The goal is eventually to bring you guys more content. But right now with my life and my schedule, I know I can commit to twice a month. I want to do more, but right now as I continue to build the show, that's what I'm going to be doing is two episodes a month, but I'm going to be switching it up instead of dropping them on Saturdays like I did in 2020. In 2021, I'm going to give you guys new episodes on Tuesdays twice a month. So the first Tuesday and the third Tuesday every single month, you're going to get new episodes in 2021 from the March 4th podcast. So Look for those twice a month on Tuesdays, the first and third Tuesday of every month starting in January 2021. We got some more great guests coming for you next year. And uh, and yeah, man, just take this positive momentum, whoever you are listening to this, build it into 2021. You know, Mark has a really inspiring story to me. You know, he talked about the personal losses that he went through, you know, and, and, and you know, you know, not even, you know, being in a, in a position where he really wanted to play music there for a little bit and then coming back into it full force and, and, uh, just to hear how excited he is about the new music that they've got coming, man. Like it's, when you hear that passion, it, it comes through in the music, man. And, um, and it's, it's just really cool to see what those guys are doing. So please go support them. Thank you for supporting the show. Again, the host site is march4th.podbean.com at March 4th Pod on Instagram, at Mike V. Bauman on Twitter. I'll make sure I put up the links in the podcast description. Spotify, Apple, iHeart, I'm on all of those. Podbean is the host site. Shout out to them. You can also download the show on the Podbean app. Podcast Addict is another app. So a lot of places you can stream the show, guys. But in terms of like... Uh, in terms of the major streaming services right now, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple, I'm on iHeart. So I appreciate all the love and support, you guys. And uh, and again, I hope that everybody has a safe and happy new year. 
I know a lot of people have COVID-19 fatigue, but it's a very real thing, y'all, so I don't want to preach too much. You've heard me talk about it on here before, but in all seriousness, please take this virus seriously. You know, please be safe. Please wear your mask. Wash your hands. Sanitize. You know, keep your distance from people. You know, make sure you do your best to contact trace within your own circle of where you've been and where people close to you have been. So, you know, we, we, we can continue to have more years with our loved ones and our families and our friends. And we can get life back to a state where we, we've got people rocking out at concerts again. And you can listen to Barry Dar- the Darkness live and experience it with other people and not have to worry about, am I going to get an infectious disease? You know, I think we're we're a long way still to go, you know, with this thing. But if we all stick together, we can get through it together, and that's that's what's uh, that's what's on my mind in 2021, man. You know what can I do, uh, you know, to, to to be a better man, to be a better human, to be good to people. And I say it at the end of every single show: keep the faith and be kind to one another. And I really mean it, man. So I hope you carry this momentum into 2021. I hope you are inspired by Mark's story and bury the darkness. Uh, and, and their music and, and it inspires you in 2021 to uh, to chase your dreams and don't wait till January 1st you know if you got goals write them down I will tell you that there, there's something very powerful man about you know taking something that's bouncing around in your head and you know putting pen to paper or pencil to paper and physically writing down the things that you 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 know you want out of your life you know when you actually have to focus on your goals and you have to focus on the things that uh, you're striving for, you know, as somebody whose whose mind is like a hamster in a wheel, um, I will tell you that uh, I, I wrote down you know goals and and you know things that that I want for myself, and uh, I literally sleep on them. I know that sounds crazy. Like I, I literally put it underneath my mattress. You can call me cuckoo for you know cocoa puffs if you want, but there's something about when you take something that's in your head and you you put it on paper and you you make it real and you hold yourself accountable to it and you put it out in the ether and let the universe know what you want you know some people might think that's too crazy to you know they they don't believe in that stuff but I do man I believe in positive energy and positive vibes and uh you know as a guy who's who spent a lot of time in fear and worry and anxiousness and and just uh you know uh beating myself up over mistakes like I'm I'm ready to, to you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving that all behind in 2020 and I'm moving forward into 2021 with a positive mindset. So, you know, please do the same, be good to each other. I love you all. Thank you so much. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. But before we end this episode, Mark was kind enough to let me give you guys their brand new signal from Bury the Darkness. Here is Gone But Not Forgotten featuring Dropout Kings. Peace. Peace.